Radio show Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here with you for this holiday season. It's, it's done. Kind of, well, <laughs> I had my third it's Christmas done. last night. So it's kind of a it's kind of a wrap-up, but it's also we still have one more high holiday. We do have the New Year's celebration. So we're gonna uh, talk a little bit about that today and give you some ideas for bubbles. But on the whole. On isn't that from a movie? On the whole, on the whole. I have no like idea. Austin Powers, perhaps. Yeah. Anyway, on the whole, how would you rate your uh, holiday experience there, Miss March? Well, I mean, the actual holidays, the Christmas portion of it was pretty great, and uh, we had a lot of fun on Christmas Eve. We did uh, settlers of Catan. No, Christmas <laughs> Eve we did. Uh, we did. Jake and I did our gorilla drops, our gorilla bombs, which is where we just kind of go visit some friends. And I was a little sad I wasn't on your list. You're just too far I away, know. man. <laughs> I saw you in your costume, yep. and I saw you with. It's not me. Homemade it's, Baileys. Yeah, the kid. We dropped a bunch of baked goods and homemade Baileys to people, and so that was kind of fun. Um, I know for sure that one person still does not know it was us. Has no idea who it was or anything about That's that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and Did then, you both have gorilla costumes? No, on? no, no. I'm the driver. I'm okay. the baby driver. I got it. I'm the getaway man. So, um, and then on Christmas Eve we go to church with my mom while she sings, and that's kind of a lovely little yes. quiet family time. And then the next day everybody comes over to the house, and we have a big raucous, you know, game playing, drinking, and and prime rib eating day. So that was awesome. All right. Yeah, how about you? Which of your Christmases? The three meals. So let's see. The 23rd, we had a whole day Christmas at my sister's house, and that was fun. We had ham and twice-baked potatoes, and it, everybody was in good spirits. Lots of uh, nacho cheese dip and just the queso and all the stuff, the deviled eggs, the little weenies. Yes. Then the 24th, I, for the first time ever, made Swedish meatballs for the celebration. Uh-huh. I had gotten my meatball mix at St. Paul Meat, and it was very good. I did I did, I did all right. The gravy, I was kind of worried. I uh, was worried and maybe hadn't put enough allspice in, but by oh. all accounts, it all worked out. Good. And I was, Kurt and I were yelling at each other because I was saying that he was making the meatballs um, too big. And I was making them small and he kept saying they'll shrink. And really they did. By the yeah. time like they got to the table, yeah. they were almost Teenage. small. So that was kind of funny. And then um, Christmas Day, you know, lox and bagels during the morning. And then another meal with prime rib and popovers that all popped, which is always like high drama, whether they're going to get a full pop. We totally got last. We were all sitting there going like, why didn't we do popovers? Yeah, with our prime awesome. rib? I don't know why I didn't. Uh, so we did that and had creme brulee, which was delicious that my sister made. And then last night was the t- dinner for 12, all seated at my table. I had a few janky chairs and well, not card all the table, matching plates. Yep. Duct tape action. <laughs> but it was uh, nice to all sit at the table. And we had ten- beef tenderloin. I made some rolls, carrots, peas. At this time, Kurt made scalloped potatoes, which were delicious. I've made... Honestly, I've made 20 pounds of potatoes yeah. in three days. Isn't that funny? 
That's crazy. I bought four bags, four oh or five pound God. bags. And I have some left. But if I don't see another mashed potato for a while, I'll be just. That's fine how with I that. feel about pickle dip, man. I do not want to see. I do not want to make another pickle dip. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> You're just over the pickle over dip. It. Just That's so over. funny. I know. I know. Um, the instant pot, though. Wow, what a lifesaver on mashed potatoes. Oh right. Because you can just do them in the pot, and they just sit in there waiting to be served, and they right. stay hot, and, they and stay it hot. doesn't have to and be on your stove. Over. I know. That's the truth. And of course, so many people got Instant Pots for Christmas. Yes. Welcome, Potter people. Holy moly. I have to say, I sat, I was sick, you know, this last week too, of course, because after Christmas, everything comes crashing on me. And then I was sitting on my couch and I must have spent like half a couple of days just approving members to the Weekly Dish Instant Potters. I like it. I think we must have added, I mean, over... Like a couple hundred. Really? Yeah. Oh, because I like put I a did, post out. Oh my God, I did like swaths of 20. I was doing like, like all of a sudden I hit 20 and I have to That's go 20 funny. again, 20 again, 20 again, 20 again. I got an Instant Pot for my niece Sadie and she was thrilled. And then I got her the Melissa Clark Comfort Food Cookbook. She was thrilled. I'm it, interested in the Keto Instant Pot by Maria Emrich. Her yeah. new book is out. You know, you we should have her on. I know. Well, we'll do all of our health food talking after this Except one. I'm going to be gone. Oh, you are traveling the 5th and the 12th. Yes. Well, I'm sure that the end of January is not the end of, you know, dry January. Yeah, I don't January. We're not talking about it today. people. No, we're not because we're talking trends. Huh? We're talking trends. Yeah, we're talking about trends. In fact, I did put up a Facebook question. I said, we're curious about what trend you're excited to see more of. What's the hot for you? And then what trend are you hoping to see go away forever? And that's the not. So if you want to reply and tell us what's hot and what's not. And I like that Cindy already said, I would like alcohol to stay forever. And so I said, cosign. I'm feeling a little like that could go away for me today. I might have had an extra glass of wine too many last night. See, and I have been, (laughs) since I've been sick, I have not had any good boozy adventures in the last like four days. I'm not going to lie. I had a $500 Certix run and I'm low. Yeah. Like we have. Well, you've been having, you're not just like you and your little small family. You are like, you are like swaths of family. Plowed through wine. I have so many bottles of champagne. Yeah. I have one left for New Year's Eve that I like hid for myself. Yeah. I did. um, I did. uh, uh, I mean, we did that Piazza Grande, which is that Lambrusco, that sort of bubbly Lambrusco. I'm sure Leslie will talk about it because it is so very, very hot right now. Yum. And it was. It's called Piazza Grande. Piazza Grande. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's, um, it is. and it's really affordable and it's just good. It's a little bit sweet, but not sweet, you know, and it's got like a nice pucker to it. And we cleared at least like two bottles of that right away on Christmas morning. Yep. And I was like, we got to we got to hold back. I only got like four more, you know. You know what makes for a delicious Prosecco drink? Because my sister brought a bottle of Prosecco and I was looking for something. She likes to put something in it. Yeah. I had some leftover lingonberries. Mm. That was t- quite delicious. I would think so. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Um, so I would say, yeah, all in all, Christmas was a solid, we did have the nothing bunt cake. You know, I want to not like those, but I'm telling you, they were, it was good. I don't like them. It was a chocolate chocolate with a cream cheese frosting. It was decadent. I gotta say, I'm not, I mean, it's just a personal thing. I'm not like railing against them. They're just a little bit too mushy for me. They're a little too, I know that sounds weird, but, and then I don't like these big, thick ropes of frosting oh, over the top. Oh, I did. But that's, that's, like I said, it's totally personal. <laughs> did you see on Instagram, by the way, on Stephanie's Dish, the macaroons that my daughter made? No. 
Okay. Oh, so yeah, she I did. Told yeah, me that... she was going to be making macaroons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Super cute. Honestly, they look like reindeer, Santa's belly, and then she made kind of a glittery, she called it the tie dye macaroon. Yeah. I just, I can't, still can't believe she made those. The kids can cook. Yeah. It's Why funny. are you shocked by this? Because you just, you grow, you raise your kids you were, and you think they don't listen you. to a thing. I know. And then they go off into thought, the world and they're... You basically thought she was just going to keep hiding Cheetos under her bed yeah, for the rest totally. of her life. totally. And then yeah. I got her like some measuring cups, some stainless steel measuring cups in her stocking and she's like, Mom, this was the best Christmas ever. I got like all the kitchen things I wanted and it just makes me laugh. I know. But I like it. I know. In a good way. Yeah. Uh, you had a little sneak peek. Yeah, and we'll talk about it on, or I mean, I'll show pictures of it on Monday, but I got to walk through PS Steak, which is in the LaBelle V space. and 510 Groveland? Uh, yep, the 510 Groveland. And it is, uh, it's going to be very cool. So look on mspmag.com on Monday morning for a little peek on that one. So when you go there, think about this. My husband lived on the second level there of the Port Cochere yep. and used to climb up the outside of the building to sneak back into his apartment Yep. so his parents wouldn't see him. He worked in the um, in the kitchen at the five ten. He worked. He also worked in the like car park underneath, cleaning people's cars. That's funny. I know it is funny to think that he lived there. Yeah. Well, and yeah. People ha- still do live. I there. know. It's just <laughs> it's funny. It's such an iconic address. People live there. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's definitely kind of um. You know. I I'm excited for what's coming in this new year. I think there's a lot of cool things. Uh, Union Kitchen, you know, our friend Yia Vang yeah. is opening at Sociable Cider Works. They were supposed to do a soft opening today, but I think the cold has pushed them back. So is he opening his tr- a truck? There? So he's so they have a truck that sits there. Yep. And then you know Red River Kitchen used to be in residence, and now it's going to be Union Kitchen. And so for the first time, I mean, there's like a set place where you can go get Union Kitchen food that's not a pop up. And mm-hmm. so they'll have regular hours with the cider. You know, with the cider works. And so I'm excited. You know what's really cool? He's doing the Hmong hot dish, the Minnesota Hmong hot dish, which we featured in the magazine. Yeah. Was on our cover. Yeah. Or it wasn't on our cover, but it was on the opener for the How to Eat Minnesotan. Because that's the whole thing is like it's all the things that we know from the past and then all the things that we want from the future, all of that can come together in a beautiful hot dish. It sounds delicious. I know. And then there's, and they're doing like some cow sen noodles and some, there's a, you know, there's like a kimchi stuff. It's going to be exciting. So, that's going to be at, I think it starts on January 2nd, formally, and they'll just be wet Sociable Cider Works. All so, right. Kind of fun. And well, actually, we- they're popping up today. Anyway, Union Kitchen is at the Farmer's Market in St. Paul, which on Saturdays for the rest of the winter, I think, you know, they're going to be indoors at Market House. And so yep. then, you know, Timmy Key and all those guys for at Octo Fish Bar, they host, you know, a separate pop-up. They, hope, they host a chef every week to do a little pop-up at the bar. Yep. So which is fun. fun. Yeah. Um, all right, we have a great show. We're going to talk all about trends. We've got our trend expert, Ty Tanander, coming in um, from Ultra Creative. And Steph and I will talk a little bit about trends. There is the Facebook question if you want to weigh in on what's hot and what's not. And we've got some drinky predictions for all of you. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to The Weekly Dish. We are here with our friend Ty Tanander, who is from Ultra Creative. And you're a design firm. Yes. And as part of what you do, you travel around the country and you explore food and drink trends. And you've become like our little trend expert. I feel like so fortunate to have you in our pocket. Well, I called it's... you like at the last minute. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love coming in. No uh, problem. So tell me about your travels this year. Uh, food, fancy food show. Where have you been? 
Yeah, so I did the food show in September, in January in San Francisco, and then we did the big New York food show in um, June and just found a lot of really interesting, like exciting new things that are coming down the pike. So what are some trends that you're looking forward to this year? So I think one of the biggest trends that we're going to see in food and beverage for sure in 2019, and I would stake money on it, Ooh. is CBD. For yes, sure. Yes, that is. I think that's I'm money with you on that. Yeah. So CBD is the derivative from the marijuana plant that yes. has the THC taken out, but the CBD left in, which supposedly is calming, Correct. relaxing, anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory. And it doesn't affect the brain. Yeah, the so THC you're not stoned. The CBD. Correct. <laughs> Have you, like, I've never experienced any of this that has worked. Really? Does it work? Have you tried it? I, I mean, maybe. Yeah, okay. maybe. Yeah, there, well, there's so many different ways of trying it now. Do you know what I mean? Like I know, you can, I, I don't understand. Did you, I mean, have you had some of like, they have like, well, I, I there's like tea, pills, but then there's but I tea. I didn't think then, it worked. Right. Okay. Well, and you might have to up the dosage. Yeah. So you can do like a tincture, you yeah. can do a spray, you can go right down to Fresh Time a block away yeah. and buy a brownie, a cookie. They all have it in. It. And do you feel like it works? Like I it's do. calming? It is calming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I need to get on this bandwagon then because yeah. I'm a nervous wreck all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it might be different for, I mean, I think these kind of things affect people differently depending on your body type, depending on your chemistry, your lifestyle, all of it. So is like, it good for you? Yeah. I mean, it's not bad for it's you. It's not bad for you. Yeah. I mean, that's right. like saying, is milk good for you? You know, I don't sure. know. It's like, <laughs> sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But I think that what's interesting is that the application of it is spreading. And like, we're going to see it in all this food, right? A lot of food and a lot of beverages. And you know, once THC, it becomes legal federally, you know, like Coke and Pepsi have brands and brands and brands that they've already developed. They just can't launch it until... It's approved federally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we yeah. could have pot drinks. You could. It, but you're not going to call them pot drinks. Right. You can't do that because that's not, it. that makes it into a psychotropic sort of experience. So it's not, it's supposed to be an herbal supplement. Is right. Basically and I think what they're from. hoping that it's going to be a little bit healthier supplement to, I think they're really gearing towards like the female target. Yep. So like instead of going to a bottle of wine, you're going to go to a bottle of whatever is produced. CBD has, water or CBD, you correct. know, like a tea. Yep. Yeah, I might. Yep. Interesting. I mean, you can buy okay. beans that already like have CBD in them. Mm-hmm. You, you have if, if you're a CBD novice, do you have a product you like to have your be your gateway to start? I think trying a cookie or a brownie is probably the easiest way of doing it, and you know exactly how much THC okay. is in it. But I no mean, THC, CBD, or, sorry, CBD. CBD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there are um, like there's the whole the St. James Hotel in New York. They have a whole menu of room service that is only CBD products. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's coming back. Okay. Yeah. So CBD, what else yes. you got? Um, charcuterie is coming back. Did it go away? away? I love it. I love it so much. Did it go away? It I kind know. of did, but now it's becoming larger and larger. And I just, I love kind of like, they're calling it the family grazing. And, you know, people that are doing that at home, having some friends over, if you're having people over for New Year's Eve, putting out a big tray. And quite honestly, it's a great way of just going into your refrigerator and finding things that you just need to get rid of, maybe. The <laughs> drips and drafts, yeah, 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 the jellies, mm-hmm. the pastes, the yeah. stuff. Exactly. Okay, so charcuterie. Yeah. Um, 
I brought in this cocktail caviar, which is super fun, and I'm going to leave for you guys. It is so cute. I will take a picture and put it on our um, Facebook page. Yeah, so it comes in like five different flavors, and all they are is it looks like caviar, but instead of fish eggs, obviously, it's little balls of vodka that are infused with wildflower or blueberry or like strawberry. Like the little spheres. Like they make those little jelly spheres. That's exactly. what it is. Yeah. Exactly. What a good idea. Yeah. So it like, kind of looks like bath beads. It the it old does. fashioned ones. So don't mix them up. Yeah, please but, don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you do like a really dry champagne and drop a dozen of those into it, it's just, it's really beautiful. It's and really fun. beautiful. Yeah. And you can put them on cocktails. My husband makes this delicious champagne ice cream and we will put it into a glass and then pour champagne on top of it because why wouldn't you put more champagne yeah, on? Yeah, let's do that. That <laughs> sounds fun. And then put this on and yeah. it's just a super fun little way to do something different. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Any of the little things to add to drinks I think are fun at parties. Right? I totally, totally agree. Um, and so Farm to Table has been like a movement that has been around for a long time. But now what we're actually seeing on the East Coast is Farm to Shaker. So what they're doing is kind of marrying this whole sustainability piece with the health piece and taking kind of the leftovers from restaurants, whether it's fruits or vegetables, and using them in their bars and lounges to make cocktail drinks out of, which is a really fun idea as yeah, well. Yeah, And just plays into a bunch of different trends. Wouldn't you say that that's kind of what Marco Sapio is doing at Colita? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, he's doing a fermented thing, which has a lot of play into that. But I think you're talking more about like the waste, like the non-waste, like they're finding the ways to, you know, the anti-waste sort of movement, which is to limit the amount of stuff we throw away. And they're taking a lot of those byproducts and saying, well, why don't you could put that into a cocktail? You could put it into a, you could figure out the ways like peels and things like yep, that. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know, what? I, I just read in Bon Appetit, I was like, why have I never thought of that? When you peel, I've peeled 20 pounds of potatoes in the last three days. <laughs> that you quick uh, bake, uh, toss with olive oil and salt, and then bake the peelings. Have and you, you never have, done like, that? No. Oh like, my God, they're chips. like, they're yeah. chips. Yeah. Why? I just, I've not done it. And I just funny. feel so bad that I composted all these delicious chips. But you've right. composted. So I did that's compost. also a part of it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, what else? So the keto diet. Is going to be is it continue to be big? Do yes. you think keto is bigger than paleo? I do right now. Right actually. now, yeah, yeah, but, I do too. But don't you need like a special like to get to find out if you're in ketosis? Don't you need like a breath strip or something? I don't understand how you know whether you're in or out of ketosis. So well, it seems complicated. There's a little bit of like the, I mean, you can definitely get into a place where you're measuring your body temperature, kind of an idea. But yep. there's also the idea of like once you get into a lifestyle of eating. That's really more important than actually measuring this one, you know, parameter. I see. If you are doing the, if you're eating in the way that it is, which is, of course, you know, a lot more protein and no grains and that kind of stuff, then that's a little bit, you find, like, you're going to naturally, your body's going to work right. into it. So right. you don't have to worry so much. It takes so much. two or three days for sure to actually get into it. Yeah. But yeah. it is a lifestyle choice. Like, if you want the benefits of the keto sort of diet, Correct. you have to commit to it it's not one of those like well i didn't eat bread this week so i feel better that's not it (laughs) are you do do you do it i'm going to start okay because you're super fit well so (laughs) dry january is coming my way the keto do you know about seed lip the the non you we should talk about this there's seed lip because dry january is a big thing sober september same kind of idea yeah um seed lip is a it's not a it's not a liqueur but it's 
it's kind of engineered to taste like a liqueur okay. and it has no alcohol. And so you use it in cocktails like you and it's very herbaceous. It's from London. It's just kind of beautiful. And it's um, it's kind of an interesting way of like making yourself a drink without it always being fruit juices. Because right. a lot of people feel like they're tired of fruit juices and shrubs and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And so because those get too sweet, this is kind of nice and airy and it just has the essence of like vegetables and things like that. And it's keto friendly. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah because you can't really do the fruit juices no. because there's too much sugar. There's too much sugar. No sugar, yep. no carbs. Yeah. Seed lip, people. Seed lip. Yeah, that sounds fantastic, actually. All right. Anything else before we... Um, You know, a couple of things. Hummus is still popular, but it's going to be really popular in desserts this next year. So really? It's going to be really interesting. Oh, interesting. Snickerdoodle hummus, hummus cookies. Um, Chickpea and aguafaba. It's a thing. Yeah. That's the juice that the chickpea comes in that... Was well, all beans. Aquafaba is all beans. All the water that comes off of beans. The water. Protein, yeah. protein. And it's being found in foods too, apparently. Yeah. No. And I, the other thing I would say is ice cream, like not ice cream as you think about it right now, as in dairy, but ice cream as in it's going to have a cauliflower base. It's going to have a sweet potato base. Oh. Non-dairy, healthy for you. Huh. I think a lot of the oat milk thing, you know, that's yes. out there is going to turn, I mean, because by the way, Good Earth, which has been around since the 70s, has been doing oat milk shakes sure. forever. Yeah. But like that's kind of the idea is then you're turning it into these other products that are sort of like. Is people- an oat milk shake good? Yeah. I think it, it tastes is. like ice cream. Yeah. Okay. And more people are going towards oat milk just because yeah. there's so many allergies with nuts. You really don't have allergies. And people are milk. turning way away from soy because of, you know, estrogenic just, properties. Yeah. Correct. So that's kind of open. But it's hard to find right now that oat milk producers aren't. Like they kind of aren't on the ball for the amount of demand that's happening. So yep. there's a lot of. I just have this that. funny notion of some guy in his garage or his barn in Vermont making his oat milk and not, <laughs> not producing fast enough. Right. right. Like, come on, get like, your oats. Wyatt, get your oats hurry, going. Hurry. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Is there one more before we. Um, break? You know, I think Did the whole it? lab meat piece, which is has been really popular. Impossible meat. So now, I don't know if you know, KFC is introducing the chicken. Yeah. I don't know. Motherless chicken. Mm-hmm. Yes. You feel better about it. It's healthier. We'll see mm. how that goes. Motherless chicken is a really interesting way to market that. Yep. Nice positioning, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Motherless chicken. Yeah. Ty Tanander, Ultra Creative. Uh, thank you for all of your insights. They are amazing. And we look forward to having you on. We'll have you gone after you come back from the next fancy food show. Would love it. All right. We'll take a break and be right back. All right. We are back. You are listening to Weekly Dish. I want to make sure I have left uh, We are here with Leslie Miller from Sip Better and Amuse Wines. And Sip Better is a wine club that you can belong to, but she's also got uh, curated picks, uh, particularly in the bubbles area, that you can't get them in time for New Year's, unfortunately, but she can direct you where to get them. But for any other time, she's got 16 different uh, wines. We'll put it on the Facebook page for you if you're into exploring bubbles. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, ladies. How are you? We're good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What? Almost. Almost. So you were traveling and just back. What are your big New Year's Eve plans? Do you have big plans? Yes, I'm working on New Year's. <laughs> what are you going to do? She's an industry girl. Yeah, yes, so. I'm an industry girl. Actually, I'm helping out at the Armory, so I'll be there 
with Skrillex on New Year's Eve. I didn't. Is this a big? I where yeah, it's a where get. have I been? Where that have Skrillex been? is coming. Yeah. It's a pretty big get. Did they just Huge. announce it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, within the last few weeks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's coming to the armory. So Skrillex Snowda. is an electric music guy, right? Electronica. Ish. Ish. <laughs> I'm not yeah. the one to describe music people. Let's be clear on that. Right. Yes. It's a, yes, it's EDM, but uh, we also have marshmallow on the 30th. And I know that's, I just feel a little, maybe too old to be saying that I, you know, we have marshmallow. Marshmallow. <laughs> Skrillex. Skrillex. So what are you doing for the armory? Will you do the VIP or? Yes. So I've been managing the VIP um, area service um, department there. And it's great. I mean, we have so many available. Actually, stuff's been over to see I got to tell you, the armory is my favorite music venue now of all time. And it's I'm not so just saying that because you're sitting here. But we saw Beck. Jake and I went to Beck. Yeah, that's and what you said. And we yeah. stood in this little balcony area the whole time, like at the very back of the place, like at the opposite end from the stage. And yeah. it was one of the best concert experience I've ever had. Nice. It was just the music, the sound, right. the lighting, the feeling of the whole place being so open and just, yeah. it was wonderful. Can you buy VIP tickets or? You can. There's tickets still available. Yeah. Okay. So and they can have go little to... rooms. Like you can reserve, like you could get a party, a birthday thing together and hold, you know, to go see a concert and, and have one Fun. of the rooms. It's just Yeah. Great. And you can have little balcony boxes and whatnot. Yeah. And we're serving bubbles. We're serving loads and loads of bubbles. Everything at the armory from... Ace of Spades to Moet to, you know, Vov, you name it. So we've got all the baller bubbles ready to be popped. Ready to be popped. So let's talk about if you're at home and you're planning a New Year's Eve celebration and you want to get some bubbly, what are some recommendations for things that would be pretty easily available at most of your stores? So there's a lot of really cool bubbles that are in the market right now. Um, a couple of really great people who I think that do a great job with bubbles is France 44 has always done a great job with that. Um, you know, like Cork Dork, he's got some cool stuff too. Yep. And, and that's on St. Clair, right? Uh, Cork Dork? Cork Dork? No, he's in, in South. No, no, no. Cork Dork is in South, South Minneapolis. Oh, kind of sorry. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like You're area. thinking Ale Jail. Yes, I right. am. Sorry. And then like 1010 downtown, just really cool hand curated selections. The really hot thing right now is to push wine beyond borders, right? So we're really talking about areas that are Eastern European bubbles. So everything from Austria to Slovenia to Armenia, um, Hungary, you name it. So there's some really cool stuff out there for like $15, $16 that you used to have to say, oh, you have to go to the Cava department or the Prosecco area, which are still amazing. Don't forget yep. about those areas because, yes. you know, really great areas for bubbly. But at the same time, you can bring something for like $16, $17 that totally won't break the bank. It has a story behind it. Um, you know, on Sip Better, we have that shop page where you can actually go and read about the wines. I've actually put up a video about the wines. So you can read about them before you come and, you know, you bring them to a party, um, which is really fun. Yeah, to have the story behind it. Now, yeah. champagnes traditionally were grown in the region of France. Yep. What what are we calling these other uh, border pushing because they're not called champagne technically, right? Right. So it's only champagne if it's from the little baby region of champagne. Even in France, you have cremants. Okay. Um, cremants are sparklings that basically live outside of champagne. In Germany, you have sect or as the Germans would say, sect. Sect. S-E-K-T. Okay. Yep. And then, you know, obviously in Spain, you have Cava and then Italy, you have Prosecco, but most everything else is called sparkling. 
Um, there are a couple of different areas where, you know, they might name it something regionally, but mostly it's just sparkling. sparkling. Yeah. That, sparkling it would be wine. nice if everybody could just agree on a term, you know? <laughs> I don't know. There's well, something, I mean, you need to have champagne is, is specific. Yeah. And, I mean, it's iconic, but it's also, it speaks to a method sure. that yep. is ancient. So like, yeah. I'm fine with having that and knowing the difference between, I mean, kava and champagne are Different. Completely different. Totally They're the different. same method, actually. Yeah. Actually, by law in Kava, it's still method champenois. But in 2017, champagne and its method became an UNESCO site. Yeah. So it actually became UNESCO approved. Like because, world yeah, heritage. World, yeah. Yeah, yeah, world recognized because of the method that they go through to make champagne. Yeah. And kava is that is the law for kava too. But it's, you're right; it's, it's so terroir. Different. I mean, that's the other part of it is right. if we believe in terroir and you believe in regions and how they affect grapes and how they're I grown do. and everything yeah. else, then water. Yeah. I yeah. do, yes. And so you have you know all that beautiful salty brininess that you get from kavas, and then you have this round yeasty quality that you can get from champagne, and then there's this like bright. I love making cocktails with prosecco. Um, and also kavas. It just kind of depends. I made this really cool cocktail on the Jason show a couple weeks ago where I, I made a spruce tip gin. So I just had fresh spruce tips and I soaked it in gin overnight in a bottle. And I used one third of the spruce gin that I made with two parts of the kava. And it makes like your own winter G&T. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And that it's just a delicious. different way. Know. You know, you can do these things over the holidays too, where you can float different things in your sparkling. So you can put in pink peppercorns or you can float like a sprig of spruce, something like that to kind of dress or it lingonberries. up. Lingonberries. <laughs> lingonberries. Lingonberries. I had leftover lingonberries and I threw them in some sparkling and it was quite delicious. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to say something. I don't know if you're going to do it or not, but what is like an overrated bottle of sparkling? Like the thing that like people like, would you, I know, can you, <laughs> is it like, the orange label? It's the, so I do have to say this because people, I want them to like not overspend on yeah. a bottle that they're going to like go for and may not be worth it. Yeah. I mean, Vov is one of those labels that there is actually a higher sugar count in the Vov that comes here to the United States than the rest of the world because we're kind of sugar hounds here. We are. I do have to say, though, if you're into history and you're into like reading really cool books, maybe about the wine industry, The Widow, The Widow Clicquot is one of the coolest flipping books and gifts, actually, that you can give and this year. And if you year, give a bottle and that book, it's baller. It's What's baller. it about? We've it's talked about, about it. Madame Clicquot and how she literally shaped. Probably. We've been on the air 10 years together, <laughs> Stephanie, and I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. I can't so. remember like you and I had a very ago. long discussion oh, I'm about sure this. sure we did. I feel like it's on my reading list right now. So even though, yes, it's a very overrated label, um, I hate saying that. because I know you do. And, you know, I don't, but, and it's hard because I get it. Like, you don't want to really trash anybody. But yeah. I guess what I think about our listeners and they're going out and they're like, sure. well, I got to get a bottle for someone. Or maybe this. What's a better value than a name brand that you would pick? Like, what's a... Like, for instance, when I'm drinking real champagne with my girlfriends, it's our birthday, we're celebrating, we're always drinking Be A Cart. Okay, and Bia Cart is Bia Cart Simon is it's from Champagne. Um, it is handcrafted, beautiful. For me, it's the best sparkling rosé in the world. And let me just tell you that if you see it on a label, it says Billa Cart Salmon. Yes, <laughs> like that's what it looks like. And if you want to sound bougie, you just say 
You're drinking the Billy. Yeah, the so, Billy. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. drinking the Billy. Mm-hmm. So that's what we buy, but it's also not inexpensive. But I also feel like the value If you're going to splurge there, on a bottle, that would be right. the better one to splurge on. That's Maybe right. that's how we should have framed this. Up. Yeah. <laughs> but there's amazing little grower champagnes right now in the market. I mean, there is just like, there's some really cool stuff out there that you can get. I mean, Marky Brera is one that you can get, you know, for like $50, $60 and it's not going to kill you. Can you tell me... Glass-wise, do we go for the tall flutes or do we go for the Marie Antoinette coupe? Neither. <laughs> so actually, um, I just spent some time with Maximilian Riedel um, this year and he gave me an hour interview and we sat down. I've been talking about this for years, how inappropriate flutes are. And then when you go to the region of Champagne, all the small growers, Champagne houses are saying, we've banned the flute. Like the flute is no good for the region of Champagne. So when you're dealing with the grape Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Meunier, really technically the glass is the round kind of fishbowl looking glass called the Burgundy glass. Mm -hmm. I always tell people when I teach classes, you know, don't go home and throw away all your flutes because the flutes are still really good for the flute was originally invented to bring the bubbles to the surface. Mm -hmm. And so that circulation keeps going. So Cava, Prosecco, things like that are great. Um, you know, the coupe, the left breast of Ms. Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Uh, which, what I think Giselle did the same thing years later. Um, years later. Years. <laughs> years Just later. a little bit down the road. She followed trend, if you You will. know what? The coupe is so great right now for really cool cocktails. I just wouldn't put a bubbly in it. I know that anthropology makes beautiful ones. Riedel makes a gorgeous coupe. But Max even has said, you know, put so your cool. So, what are you in putting your champagne in? A burgundy glass. A, burgundy glass. Yes, a wine what glass. You said. Okay, yeah. the big bowl, the goblet. It's a big wine. Yeah. Oh, I have those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're drinking champagne, right? Yeah. Um, if if I'm drinking something like cava, actually, I put it into a Bordeaux glass, which is just the more cylindrical shape of that. Okay. But you know, still, a wine, glass. a wine glass yeah. instead of anything yeah. super tall or anything flat and open. A wine yeah. glass okay. is perfect. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, that's what I'm doing. But then again, I don't know what I'll be doing at midnight this year. So I might just be drinking it out of the <laughs> you bottle. You and Skrillex, I think, have a <laughs> Me date. And Skrillex are throwing down. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. So funny. Anything can happen on New Year's, you know? I did put a link on our Facebook page to the Sip Better 16 bubbly recommendations. If you want to order it there, you can. You won't get it in time for New Year's Eve, but it gives you some ideas if you want to head to your local store, too. And I yeah. think we've given you some yeah. good ideas. Give them a call. Yeah, and there are some really great stuff, you know, all over town. And people are going to be open on the 31st, so you can still get bubbles. Yes, they are. Down to that last hour. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Leslie Miller. Thank Her company you. is Amuse Wines, and she has Sip Better online where you can purchase and fill up your card or become a part of the Sip Better Club. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. Welcome back <laughs> to The Weekly Dish. It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, you guys. So if you want to give us a call, 651-641-1071. If you want to give us a shout out and tell us how your Christmas was. If you have questions about where to spend New Year's. Or you got an Instant Pot, but you're afraid of it and you want to know where to start. There's a lot of things. We have Lindsay on the line today filling in for Hope. And she will take your calls, 651-641-1071. Should we run down some of the things that are happening for New Year's, by the way? Sure. Like some of the dinners and things that are happening out there? Because there is a lot going on. I don't know if you know this or not. That there's a lot going on? Yeah. If I read the feed, I would know. You would know. I follow you. Right. But it, I mean, there's just a ton besides the fact of like Betty Danger's 
you know, is having a huge mid-century holiday affair. They're having a huge party. Um, they're doing like James Bond kind of That's thing. That's cool. Isn't that fun? Yeah. And they're they're basically doing like, there's a dress code. Like, this is like, you can't dress just be up, jeans friends. and run out and kind of do that kind of thing. Um, obviously, if you're looking for something, the Hewing Hotel is doing a Minneapolis New Year's Eve. Um, they're transforming the space into scenes from New York City. So they're kind of trying to, ch- you know, cool. you can, like a Chinatown area, Central Park area, Times Square. And they're doing all this kind of thing. And they've got the white keys providing the evening's tunes. The uh, tickets are 100 bucks for that one. I don't know how they're, I don't know if that's gone. Um, have you ever done the, the crystal ball in the IDS court? No. No, I know. I didn't either. I didn't really understand that. Um, but, uh, or IDS Center. It's. I think they're doing it in the Windows area. Yeah, you know? where the, does the ball drop? I think so. Festivities leading up to the midnight include karaoke with live piano, DJ dance floor, arcade games, champagne toast, all that kind of good stuff. All right, Steph, yeah. we got a call about okay. the Instant Pot. Okay. I believe it is Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hello, good morning. Good morning. So, I've been hearing about you talking about Instant Pots forever. Never even thought to buy myself one, and guess what I got for Christmas? The Instant Pot. You and a lot of others. Yeah. Yes, and I'm really, really excited after hearing you talk, but I'm also very frightened. Oh, don't be frightened. What is the fear? (laughs) I don't understand. Like that it's going to explode or something? (laughs) Do you have like a pressure cooker fear? Um, yes, that's part of it, but also I've never, I've never used one of these, so it seems daunting to figure out, and I know it does absolutely everything under the sun. Well, Well, it doesn't. I mean, there are some things that it won't do necessarily, so that's a, I mean, the good thing is, is that if you really start slowly and kind of get in with a couple quick, easy things, those are like your building blocks, and then it becomes a really easy tool to use in your kitchen. Yes. Okay, so did you join the Weekly Dish Instant Potters group? Start there. That that's, will be my first. Okay, that's the first thing you do because there's experts on all over that group that will help you. There's also recipes. What do you like? Like start with like an easy curry or chili. Like I took my leftover mm-hmm. pot ro- or my leftover um, prime rib and made chili out of it in the Instant Pot. Um, well, we try to be healthy, so I was thinking we do a lot of you know, chicken and vegetables or sure. meat and vegetables. Yep. So a curry would be perfect for you if you like that. A uh, little can of coconut milk, a can of sliced tomatoes, um, some chicken thighs, and some cut up vegetables, peppers, and you're all set. Awesome. Okay, I won't be afraid. No, don't be afraid. Because it, <laughs> it can't hurt you. Like, even if the knob falls off in the middle of it, it can't hurt you. No. If you don't seal it properly, it just kind of um, like evap- water evaporates around the outside of the pan or the pot. So it's not like it can blow. There's nothing like the old pressure cookers of yours. No. <laughs> no. And it's hard. Okay. I mean, you, there's t- little things that you could, if the water situation, you may like burn something. But really, it's so rare. Once you get, once you get your knack and you understand a cup of water is pretty much your standard, then you are, you're pretty much golden. And all you really need to use is your manual setting. Yeah. And another oh, okay. good thing to know, I think, is what natural release is. And that is just after the, if something is cooking for 10 minutes on manual and then it says to let it naturally release for 10 more minutes, that just means you leave it in the pot. 
Oh, okay. That's all that means. But you definitely, just leave it in there longer. Yeah, and definitely go through the Weekly Dish Instant Potters and look through. Uh, people post a lot of great articles and recipes. In fact, someone uh, just posted from Scary Mommy, the six stages of Instant Pot ownership. And like the first one is procurement. The second is surprise. Stage three, intimidation. I believe Fear. this is where you are. But then this there's stage four, apprehension. And finally, stage five, triumph. There it is, your dinner. And stage six, <laughs> obsession. So... You're going to be fine. It's all good, awesome. Lindsay. Good, good luck. luck. Uh, we have a email from Heidi here, and she says, Hi, Stephs. I need your expert advice. Looking for a birthday dinner spot for my male friend. He loves meat, somewhat exotic fare, and anything with a good spicy kick. He likes to experiment with spice and heat, and he also enjoys unique cocktails. Could I get two or three recommendations? Okay, wait. Say it again. I'm sorry. I missed part of that. Uh, expert advice, man friend, yeah. birthday dinner, meat. Something exotic and anything with a good spice kick and cocktails. Um, Martina. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot. There's some really good, nice big steaks at Martina. That's for sure. Um, and great cocktails. And there could be a spice kick. There's not a lot of like huge spice there, but there's a lot of there's a lot of good. So they have a lot more seafood than they do if seafood is meat. It depends on what you define meat as. But mm-hmm. I might say butcher and the boar, too. I know that they just added a round of steaks to their menu that they didn't have before. So that may be a good option as well. And that's kind of, you know, beefy, manly. and Birch steak. Birch is a great one. Yum. Yeah. Love that place. Yeah. Um, also, um, what is their, oh, it's in the North Loop, his original restaurant. Uh, Bar La Grassa. Bar La Grassa. Mm-hmm. Right. They have those dry rubbed ribs there that are delicious. Oh, yeah. Um, and maybe you'd think like barbecue. If you want really good, like you want beefy ribs and good spice, maybe go to Anamale's Barbecue at Avo Brewing, you know, and sit down and have a couple of beers and some big spicy, some ribs and some, he's got a pretty good uh, chili dog too. That's got some kick. Oh, I had a yeah. really good chili dog at Butcher and Boar the other day too. Yeah. It came with the chili and the Fritos and it was just a mouth sandwich. It yeah. was so good. Oh, yum. All right. I have a couple more uh, New Year's Eve stuff if no one is calling. Um, We have. And we have Laura on the line too. Oh, if you have Laura. Hi, Laura. Laura, 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 Laura. Hello? Hi, Laura. What's your question for us? Hey, I don't have an instant pot yet, but I hear you guys talking about them all the time. We and our family eat a lot of venison. Can you make that in the Instant Pot, too? Would that alter in any way? Would it cook differently? It's just like, it would be, it, it's just like braising it. You know what I mean? It's not just like braising it, but it definitely is. However, how do you normally cook your venison? Well, it varies. I mean, we cook it, we make, I mean, we make it in grind. We have it in chops and steaks, so I cut it up and put it in the crock pot, so to speak. I've yeah. also cook, cooked it in the oven on a low heat and also just fried it like a regular steak. So All those things could be done in the Instant Pot. Okay. Yeah. You could make chili. You could braise it on the slow cooker function. You can't really fry it. I mean, like, it's not going to be like a fried steak situation. (laughs) On the saute, you could. It gets hot. Yeah. But that's just using, but then you're not sealing it and then cooking it. That's, I guess that's, then you're just, there's no difference from being on the stove. Using the saute feature. Yeah. But you could definitely, I mean, kind of tenderizing it because some of the venison cuts can be a little bit, you know, tough. Yeah. Like, that's a great idea with the Instant Pot is to sort of put, you know, kind of, it's almost like a braise, but it's actually pressure cooking it. So it's not technically a braise. But, you know, when you do like pot roast in the Instant Pot, it's the same idea. Okay. Okay, good. I just worried that it would dry it out because sometimes 
because it's so lean, it, it dries a little faster. You have to cook it differently. Sometimes. Yeah, no, but I would definitely add, like, sometimes people use, like, they put a little extra bacon in the pot, you know, and maybe so that there's a little bit more flavor with it, or they do things like that to kind of give leaner cuts a little bit more, you know, unctuousness. Okay. But, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely possible. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Yum. I got some venison in a package from a neighbor. I'm thinking I'm going to make some chili with it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now that as far as like a food trend and as far as something that you should be watching for locally, venison is about to have a big year. Okay. And we're going to be, we're. Gonna, I think that what's going to happen is that because of In Bloom and because of John Whitley at Animales Barbecue and because of a couple other chefs who are kind of getting into the venison game, that we are going to start setting the tone for venison nationally. Huh. Because I think that people in Minnesota are way more, and in the upper Midwest, they're way more apt to order venison. Right. So we have the opportunity to push those dishes forward because we have hunters. But like places where they don't have hunters, you know, who are, who are like venison sausage, like home cooks who use venison. There's whole, you know, there's states where they don't even understand that process. So. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I think that we're about to push that forward. In fact, I think that In Bloom is going to get some serious attention for it. So. North, man. Yeah. Watch where it's happening. Watch for it. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break in. Is it time? Not time? It's okay. Yeah. If you want to go a little early. We've got um, (laughs) the second hour of the show. We've got some drink predictions coming up. We have uh, more talk about food trends, some healthy eating food trends. And like, do you have any idea what a pegan is? Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about pegans when we come back. You're listening to the weekly dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen with Stephanie March. And if you missed any of our content, you can find our podcast. You can find it over at Podcast One or wherever you find your podcast. Second Helpings is the midweek edition. We just had some things posted with a little uh, wrap-up of Pizza Karma and Eden Prairie. So go ahead and check that out and subscribe. We'll be right back.